right, guys, welcome back to Middle Ground. I am visited by, I am visited by, oh my God. <laughs> she's sounds a medium. Like I'm a ghost. Yeah. <laughs> she's a medium. Sounds like she's a ghost. Um, <laughs> this is Fleur, medium Fleur. Um, I met her in Lisbon, actually, through like a random person on the street who pulled me over <laughs> and was like, I know you. I didn't know who they were, but they're like, I know you. And I think you will like my friends, so you two should connect. And we were like, like that happens sometimes. And I'm like, yeah, sure. And then I did meet Fleur and I was like, oh, this is great. So yeah, she's a fellow Gemini, um, a medium. She's worked with celebs, she's a writer. Yeah, I'm gonna let her introduce herself, but uh, here she is, folks. Hi, thank you so much for having me, first of all. And I love the way we met. Um, that's my friend, Kevin, shout out to Kevin. Uh, and uh, yeah, small world in Lisbon, but I think I was introduced to you as the other medium in Lisbon. Okay. And, okay. <laughs> and that's, that's what I always told about you. They're like, there's this other psychic, but that is what I do. I'm a psychic medium. I've just written a book called Moving Beyond and I teach, I lecture. Really ultimately my goal is to be a spark for people that helps them find their own spiritual truth and their own abilities. So it runs the gamut between doing readings for people or teaching them to have that own special moment in which they have that aha, but I'm all things spirit. I love that. I, um, I mean, for anybody who's been following my Instagram, you might have seen, we've done two or three live IG mediumship readings where we both partner up and um, Fleur talks to whoever comes over from the other side. So uh, a past loved one, or it could be a friend or anybody really. Um, and I do some tarot card combination and together we sort of guide people into a new space. Um, which I've been told by one of the other mediums that I work really closely with um, on like a more personal level, like she does um, sort of work on me. Mm -hmm. um, shout out to Christine Friedheim. I'll get her on the show at one point too. She's super cool as well. And she actually said, when I watch you and Fleur do your IG lives, like the energy around that is really, really generating something. So you really need yeah. to keep that going. And I was like, oh, I like this. So I'm wondering like, I don't know, at some point maybe that turns into something even bigger, which is really cool. But like, yeah. it's so fun. And we're gonna have more of these. We're gonna try to do them once a month. Um, so yeah, we the people are chosen totally at random. We usually do three or four before the IG live cuts us off at 60 minutes. <laughs> And we learned that the hard way. And um, and yeah, we have an interpreter live, um, or at least we try our best to. And we just bring people on and we, we talk about their past loved ones, I guess. So like- Yeah, I'm loving that. Sorry? I said, I love that. I, I love that the feedback you got from Christine was so positive. I had a meeting just yesterday about just the beginning of the year with my team. And I asked each of them, what do you think is one of the strengths? And uh, one of the people on the team was like, I actually think one of the strengths is this IGTV, just the way that you can connect with people and the both mm. of you partnering up. So I love that we're hearing this from multiple places. Right. And we both showed up today in like a green knit sweater. So like we're on the same wavelength. Always. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I guess, yeah, it can be a lot, even for me as a tarot card reader to like 
come home and be able to like disconnect from all of that sort of thing. So one of my um, intentions today, actually, we're going to set some intentions together for this podcast. So we'll do that in just a moment. But one of my intentions was to give our listeners something to like learn to take home to apply because I'm sure there's a lot of other people out there who are accessing this gift. We all have access to this gift. Um, Of course, we have an innate ability to access energy and to which degree does vary for sure. Um, But like we can all hone that skill to the best of our own abilities. So once people start tapping into that, um, actually, I guess that's a better question first. What would be some tips for people to start tapping into that type of energy if they're like, oh, I'm realizing this is like something I can do? Yeah, I love it. I think it starts with a very unique look at where you're at. So some people are going to be on the spectrum of I feel too much and I can't decipher. You know, I'm like feeling everybody's emotions. I'm constantly in a state of overwhelm. So I like to look at people in a spectrum and you're either on that side or you're saying, I don't feel anything. So from that spectrum, I then take a look at either one and say, well, let's get some foundational basics. First of all, one, you need to get into your body, no matter where you're at. If you're too far or if you're feeling too little, Um, I think we have this perception about mediumistic, psychic work, spirit work. We have to be out of your body. Like the farther you're out into the ethers, the more you're going to get. And I think that's really backwards. Um, If you can get into your body, you can figure out what's yours and what's somebody else's. And if you can figure out what's yours and what's somebody else's, then you can, first of all, generate insight or differentiate what is yours and what isn't. So this is like a really important first step. Getting into your body looks like possibly breath work, looks like yoga, looks like creating some space in the morning for meditation, looks like getting clear on, hey, is this emotion mine or is it not? Um, It's just creating space, but that's really no matter where you're starting from is you getting into your body and recognizing if you're wanting to get spiritual information, you also need to be here. It's, it's emerging, it's a union. You can't be like way out there hoping you're gonna get information that actually makes sense so that you can boil down to. Yeah, it's hard to, to even ground into it or to make sense of it if you're constantly like floating, which is a very yeah. um, like Pisces vibe almost. No offense mm-hmm. to my beloved Pisces, but like they're so able to like just fly up there and then you can get lost and you live in that fantasy or it becomes illusion or confusion. So yeah, bringing it back into the body is definitely a huge factor. It's funny because I feel like as soon as you started talking, I was like, oh fuck, like she's talking about me right now. Like I could feel that (laughs) because I am that spectrum and, or I am that side of the spectrum that is like, I'm so much air and there's so much energy around me, which is now bringing me back to that initial question that I was going to ask before I switched it over. Um, Like, how do we shut that off? Like, and I guess you kind of already Mm -hmm. answered that with the breath work, with the yoga, with taking more time to meditate in the morning. Um, I know journaling helps, dance helps, like just moving the body, like you're saying, getting into the body. But like, sometimes for me, I will... I have this pyrite crystal that is, um, it's like a small fool's gold look. Um, I'm just gonna kind of describe it for my listeners. It's right across the room. Um, 
it's made up of like maybe 50 or 60 little cubes and they kind of dip in the middle and then the cluster builds up on either side. Um, and I will visually put myself like deep down in the center of that mm. in my mind. And I use all of that cluster as like a protective measure that like bounces all the energy off of me and reflects it back into sort of the atmosphere. Um, <clears throat> so that visually allows me to like center more and calm down more mm. and then kind of connect with myself and figure out what is mine versus what is yeah. others. Um, because I for sure have a huge problem with like being so far on that end of the spectrum that I'm like, I feel everything. I'm overwhelmed all the time. My nervous system is like constantly activated. Mm -hmm. um, and as a Gemini, we're ruled by the nervous system. We're ruled by thought. You two are a Gemini. So you must go through this. So like, what do you do yes. and what can people do? to like disconnect from that? Um, is it visual? Is it just the breath work? Or like, do you have a method that you use to like literally unplug and to shut it off when you're like, okay, yeah. I'm fucking over it. It's 10 PM. I want to lay down. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's exactly like you. I, whether it's cause I'm a Gemini or just super sensitive, who knows? But I remember having this moment when I was about 20, 21, I'm sitting in a restaurant and it was almost as if I was above my body listening to myself talk and go, huh, like, what am I talking about? Almost so <laughs> disassociated because I just couldn't handle that amount of chaos anymore. And from that pers perspective, like looking back, I think, oh my gosh, I've come so far, you know, because that really isn't a problem anymore. But it's a daily ritual of me saying, what do I need today to ground? One of the things I like to tell students, especially in the beginning, is make a list for yourself of what works for you. Is it walking the dog? Is it dancing to music, just putting on a track? Is it journaling? Is it taking a shower? Is it putting your feet in the grass? Is it visualizing this crystal? Whatever it is, write them all on slips of paper, put them in an actual physical little box. And then when you're having that moment, you don't want to spend your energy thinking about what you're going to do. You're going to just reach in that box, pull out a thing, and you're going to do it no matter what. And that's going that. to overcome that, how do, you know, that like kind of resistance that we have in that moment when we know we should be doing something, but we don't know what we should be doing because we're already so disassociated. So having the physical toolbox, like an actual toolbox to just physically reach in, pull it out. For me, my number one thing that grounds me is salsa dancing it's so physically embodied, right? It's just so here and now. Um, but what also works for me is walking the dog. What also works for me is just cooking a meal. Um, these are just super normal here and now, present time kind of things. Uh, one other thing I wanna say about this is get clear on what your beliefs are around you being super open. So I think so important to realize all beliefs can be limiting beliefs when we think about, well, I'm always so open or I'm always receiving information about other people or I'm like, I'm never able to ground, get really clear on what belief patterns you've got and then see if those are true, true, true for you because they're not, you know, you can change that. You can change that. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it's so funny that you said that because when I was saying it out loud, I already was like, that's not true. Why are you saying that? And why would you present information to a bunch of listeners saying, 
I'm always, or I'm never, or I'm mm-hmm. stuck, or because like those are words that you just don't use because energy is fluid. So there's no way that you're always or never. It just isn't right. true. Um, but it's such a good example because I get into that space too. And so right. I love that you said it because it shows like we who have done tons of work already, you're way down the line in terms of workshops and things and meditations and all the things you've done. We still run into this. Yeah. We all have yeah. limiting beliefs all the time. It's just like a constant reinforcing and you have to do such hard work to get out of it. Absolutely. And I think too, I really love this box idea with the slips of paper with like different ways to get out of your head or um, or to move the body or whatever. So I'm definitely going to to set up my own little box, my little Pandora's box. But um, I was thinking my issue um, that is not a limiting issue, but something I'm working through currently <laughs> is just fucking doing it. It's like, mm-hmm. it's so annoying that I know what I should be doing and I don't just fucking do it. And it's like, again, it comes down to either conditioning, self-limiting beliefs, subconscious programming. Um, maybe I don't really believe that I deserve to rest or that I deserve to be out of my mind or that I deserve to stop worrying about work or other people or whatever, because for so long that has been my constant programming. Mm-hmm. Um, so as you were saying that, I was thinking about, oh, but like some of these people know what they're supposed to do, but they just don't want to fucking do it. Or they just they want to, but they just don't do it. And then I started seeing myself in that equation and what sort of came through with all of that thought process, um, such a Gemini, my thought on a thought on a thought. Um, but what I'm came here through- for it. I work the same way. <laughs> right, it's crazy. What came through was um, like making that time in the morning, that like 10 minutes or 15 minutes to listen or read or write out the like same affirmations. Like literally, if you can do that for a 30 day span, then you're going to like scientifically proven start to rewire the like neural pathways in your brain. So I think for people who are struggling like me and for myself um, to get into like, okay, I'm going to listen to the same five minute recording every morning Mm -hmm. and every night for 30 days. And in that recording, you can say things like, I can disconnect from these energies. I can slow myself down. I don't need to worry. Or when I am feeling stressed, I'm going to reach in my box and pull out a piece of paper. And then the more present it is in your daily practice, it starts to lock in and then it becomes an energetic form in your body. And then you begin to manifest it easier by carrying out the actions. So like, yeah, for anybody else who's struggling with that, that's what I'm going to try yeah. to do. And and I want to just add one little thing to this that came to mind as you were talking. I am a big fan of BJ Fogg. He's a social scientist. He's a lecturer. Uh, he's written a book called Tiny Habits. And he does a lot of science work research um, around science work research. He does research <laughs> um, <laughs> around how we create habits. And his concept, which is so good, is we actually have tons of habits throughout our day already. So maybe your habit is you make a cup of coffee first thing in the morning, every morning, or you take the dog out. And he says to link a habit to the habit that you already have. It's the easier way. Yeah. So for example, you could be making a cup of coffee and in the moment you make a cup of coffee, you say, all right, when I make a cup of coffee from this moment on, I'm going to go to my box and I'm going to pick out a slip. 
that will link that habit for you in a way that is much easier for the brain to sink than if you're like, I'm going to create a new habit out of nowhere. Yeah. And it makes sense because it also to some degree will keep you in that safe zone of the comfort that the habit provides. And then by piggybacking something else that's more helpful onto the habit, you're gonna be able to eventually transition into removing the first habit or just integrating the healthier habit um, alongside your older one. I wouldn't necessarily try to link something to like smoking or like drinking. (laughs) Like, yeah, unless you're gonna try to phase out of that, but like definitely while you make a tea every morning, now you open your box or now you listen to your affirmations while you're cooking, you know, your breakfast or like whatever, like that to me makes sense, especially if it's a healthy habit anyways. Like, yeah, that would be something to piggyback on. And he has a funny example where he says, you know, first thing he would do in the mornings is go use the bathroom. And he linked 10 pushups to that. So after he uses the bathroom, every day he does 10 pushups and like links this new. So it could just honestly, it could be anything, you know? That's why. Just don't do pushups while doing the bathroom no. stuff. Cause like, <laughs> that's going to be messy for sure. Um, messy. Don't do it. Okay. So two things. I just wanted to do a quick shout out to Phoebe. Cause we talked about the wiener dog. So Oh my God, y'all need to meet Phoebe. She's not supposed to be on the couch, but like she does love hopping up <laughs> on the couch with me. <laughs> so um, I I was just on vacation for a little bit and she went to go, my little girl wins over everybody. It's the sweetest, but she went to this daycare and the woman literally cried when she had to give Phoebe back and then has texted me for the last three days saying that she misses her so much. <laughs> and part of me is like, I really love that you love my dog, but you can't have her. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Oh my God. I love her too. She's mine. (laughs) That's like literally the opposite of Maverick. That's my dog. And even just the name, the energies, like Phoebe sounds like a small, cute wiener dog that likes to lick you and just sit beside you. And then you've got Maverick that sounds like a fucking nut job who wants to run around the dog park. And like, they literally, I also was just away for a bit and they just, I picked him up from the daycare and they were like, Ooh, he's got a lot of energy. Yeah. Like, and they were like, so do you still need us? Cause he goes Monday, Wednesday and Friday just so that he can yeah. like play with the dog. They're like, do you still need us to get him on Wednesday? And I'm like, oh yeah, we're still taking him on Wednesday, bitch. Like, like absolutely. That's, yeah. That's hilarious. You were away. You said you, I know you were in Thailand, but, um, and you're like, I love this about you because you're like me. Like I can just like get up and go and like do my Mm. own thing. And I don't have a problem, especially like you said, because we've done so much self-work and um, all of that sort of stuff. So you really start to like isolate more when you start to do (laughs) self-work, I think. Because A, you're not so scared of your own thoughts anymore. B, um, you start really seeing the inauthenticity in other people and other situations and see, you're just like, I don't have time for the bullshit anymore. Like, I just want to be at peace or I want to be alone. So like, if you're with people and they don't bring you peace, then we prefer being alone. <laughs> um, that being said, I know you're also adventurous and you like to explore mm-hmm. on your own and do those types of things. So you were in Thailand by yourself, backpacking, correct? Like I how did was. that go? 
Yeah, I mean, it was, <laughs> I was laughing at myself because yes, I had a backpack uh, and <laughs> I've been backpacking since I was 21, but backpacking at 31 looks very different for yes. me than backpacking at 21. I'm like, no, I'll splurge on the nice hotel room. I just happen to have a backpack. Yeah, I was uh, just so... going to say, it's like, yeah, because you have money now, bitch. <laughs> I was like, this is not really backpacking anymore. I think it's just an easier way to carry my shit. Yeah. Uh, so. <laughs> I um yeah I was quote unquote backpacking but I'd go on my own every once in a while for a lot of reasons um one it gives me time as you said for real reflection I think there is something uncomfortable about being with yourself for long stretches of time that I find very rewarding so I can really take a look at what are these thought patterns I've got where is my nervous system kind of being hijacked that I can cover up in a day-to-day -day because I'm just so busy, right? So these, these little things that you don't pay attention to when you're really in a schedule, um, and it's such a privilege to be able to take some time and just watch what my body does and what my nervous system does. But on the flip side of it, I also love traveling solo because the people I meet would be people I would never meet when you're in a group of travelers or oh. with a, a buddy. You know, True. so it gives me like a really fascinating experience in which I'm constantly meeting people while I travel. It's not like I'm really alone for really that long. And they're just individuals that I, I just, yeah, I don't know. I love it. It's like, it, it gives me an opportunity to say and really look in real time, who am I attracting into my life right now? Um, on a very like quick level, right? Cause you meet new people every True. day. And, and that's such a good reflection of like our current vibration yeah. and not necessarily like the entirety of your vibration. Cause I feel like this confuses people a lot, but who are you attracting in those moments? And like, what vibration do they carry that you are either recognizing you no longer resonate with? So you've grown mm -hmm. and you're sort of eliminating that last part or you're like, oh, I'm really attracted to this still, but I can recognize this is not good for me. So I need to figure out why I'm attracted to this. So like, yeah, yeah. that whole real time solo, um, like energetic magnetic attraction thing is like definitely a fucking vibe. And for anybody listening, like if you do travel solo or you do want to even just go out a couple nights by yourself or walk around town and see who comes your way, just like literally sit down set the intention for your guides to bring forward those mirrors and those, um, you know, reflective compasses and, and they'll show up, but, um, yeah. but yeah, sorry, go on, Absolutely. go on. No, all of that. And, and it gives me an opportunity to, to dream. I feel like the last two, three years, I've been very busy in great ways, always a to-do list, always a sense of like, this is coming up next. Um, and I, I really want to be able to take a step back and see the larger picture. And I think when you travel on your own, you can make the space and time for that. So yeah, if, if anyone's out there like, oh, I don't know, can I, can I not do it by myself? It's scary. I love it. I know it's not for everyone, but I think it's, it's just such a gift to give yourself. No, I would completely agree. And it's definitely, it gets more comfortable as you do it more often. So like- yes even, um, and it doesn't always need to be like travel if somebody's feeling like nervous about that, but just like taking a day trip sure, or like yeah. an overnight trip to like, you know, the next town over and you're in a new space mm -hmm. and you're like, you're not on your computer, you're not on your phone, you're not watching TV, like you're really sitting there and just observing yourself. And I think that 
like for me, for example, for the longest time I did this and I still have friends that are, you know, around my age, I'm turning 33 in June, which sounds closer than it is. I don't know why I didn't just say 32. <laughs> I'm 32. <laughs> um, and, 32 and a half. Yeah, right. <laughs> Literally. Oh my God, 32 and a half. And yeah, like I have friends that are, you know, my age and older who like, they don't want to be alone. They don't want to stop distracting themselves. They can't do it because they're so uncomfortable. And I'm telling you, it is uncomfortable, but like, that's why I host workshops. That's why Fleur does what she does. That's why we have these people in these communities to lean on, to be like, I'm for the first time realizing just how fucked up I am in my head. Like, could you help <laughs> me with this? And like, yeah, babe, we're all also fucked up. You, you don't think little Fleur here is fucked up in the head? Like, of course she is. Like, <laughs> no, she is. She is. <laughs> we all are. Um, especially if you're an air sign or a fixed or something fixed. Yeah. That's also difficult. Um, but oh, yeah. And I'm all sorts of messed up because I've got <laughs> what a Gemini sun, a moon in Taurus. So that's fixed, right? Yeah, yeah. It's very fixed. Yeah. And then a rising Aquarius. So I don't know where that puts that's me. That's fixed but. also. That's it's fixed. Very that's the worst. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> the worst. <laughs> that's what I was thinking when you were just saying that. I was like, yeah. <laughs> You're like, oh God. And see what she's done for herself, folks. She's a successful Hollywood medium who is working like, <laughs> full time and I mean I've seen her condo it's a nice condo so like y'all <laughs> don't need to be you know doing your nine to five job for a pay rate that you don't enjoy slaving away at someone else's gig it's like and I did write that down before I wanted to ask like I mean you weren't well you were born a medium we're all born yeah. just as we are we were also um you know, you also worked on that very hard, clearly, because you yeah, yeah. created a lot of success for yourself, which is amazing. But like, how is it that you, I guess, went from, well, there's two questions here, because now I'm excited yeah. to know, like, at what age were you like, holy shit, grandma died, and she's right in front of me, or something like that? Like, yeah. where did you realize that is a dead person? And then also, when were you like, oh my God, I can talk to dead people. I can do something mm -hmm. with this, I guess. And then the third part is when did you then say, I don't want to be a banker or a fucking teacher. Like I want to go and yeah. do this full time. Like how did that transition happen? Oh my God, such a, I'll give you the cliff notes. Um, I was born a medium. I think when you're young, everybody has this just perspective of the world and it's your perspective. You don't know that anyone sees it different. So right. I was like, yeah, everybody can do this. Um, I also didn't even realize what it was. So there wasn't a label on it as this is a medium. Also, this is early, early 90s. There weren't many books. There weren't many people out there doing it. So there wasn't ever this like term of psychic or medium. It just, that wasn't even a thing. I wanted nothing to do with it. So far to the point where uh, I really worked to suppress it, suppress it, suppress it. I have very few memories from that time. Most of them are ones that my parents have. And I got it to a point where when I was 17, well, even 15, 16, 17, I had suppressed it to such degree that all of my focus was on academics, science, research. I went to the uh, International Science Fair. Um, I was okay, super- wait. You were like a scientist. You were going to be like a scientist, which is like oh, yeah. so logical, logical, logical. And then you have an this part of you. <laughs> you were what? Yeah. I was an atheist at the time. Oh my God. Okay. So we have an atheist scientist who's going to the science fair she's studying her science oh yeah I was oh, in God. I was in a magnet school called the academy of science and technology 
and I okay. got into and the International some... Science Fair. Oh. I researched neuroscience topics. I was hell-bent on becoming a neurosurgeon. I remember going to this graduation party and some one of my friend's dads came over and he's like, you know, most people don't become the thing they want to become at 18. I was so mad at him. I was like, yo, you don't know my life. How dare you? I'm going to be a neurosurgeon. <laughs> I got like a 780 on my math SAT, which I don't know if that means anything to you as a Canadian. It doesn't. But, no, it means nothing to me, but that uh, sounds good. Yeah, it's out of 800. So I think I missed like one question or something, you know? So it was, I was like so focused on math, science. This is what I'm doing. And I got a scholarship to UCLA. So I went uh, and enrolled as a neuroscientist and, uh, or a neuroscience major. And um, first year, the spirit world or whatever you want to call it was like, um, yeah, no, it's time. Yes. So <laughs> knocking at the door. <laughs> we are going to knock and knock and knock. And I got really, really sick within the first three months of going to school. And that was so horrendous for me because I was, all of my identity was to be an academic, like all, all my identity. That was really at that point, I was a straight A student. I was um, an athlete. I ran every student organization you could think of. I think I ran like five in, in I was just like one of those overachieving, annoying people. Um, and <laughs> like really, really annoying. And um, just couldn't do any of it. I was, I was sleeping 15 hours a day. Nobody knew what was wrong with me. I couldn't function. I was in bed by seven. I didn't drink. I didn't eat anything that was like, I honestly became a hermit and a monk within the first six months of being in school, just so I could possibly still go to class. Couldn't remember anything. It was awful. Um, they tested all the things you could possibly think of. Nothing was working. I ended up taking six months off school, took a leave of absence. Uh, and my identity was just like crashing and burning, you know, cause now I'm what, like, am, am I even in college anymore? Right. So and like as somebody with a Aquarius rising and a Taurus moon, which is like so emotionally and mentally fixed into oh, yeah. like, this is who I am. <laughs> like, I cannot imagine even like truly like the pain of losing that identity would just be so like that must have, you must have grown up so much through that process at such an accelerated degree to watch like yeah. literally everything you've ever known crumble before you. And like, you would just feel you would have like an identity crisis. Yeah, and my body changed completely. I think I like I gained 40 pounds in a month um, without eating oh like at all. Like, so all of like, I didn't look the same. I didn't have the same body. I couldn't do sports. I couldn't do academics. I was like, like every part of my identity just crashing and burning around me. And my poor parents didn't know what to do. So after all these specialists, you know, blah, 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 my dad, very logical engineer said, you know, you were super strange as a kid. I really want you to go see somebody like a medium or somebody like a psychic. Like maybe they can give some answers. You never know. And I was like, I roll. Uh, I was just really imaginative as a child. I can't believe you guys believe that I could do this as a kid. Like I was just had a really good imagination. I just tricked you. And they were like, yeah, that's cool. We saw it. You didn't like, just go. So he paid for this session in Los Angeles and I came to this woman's house and I sat down and she, the first words out of her mouth were, you're a medium. You're not living your purpose. If you do not live your purpose, your body will get very ill and die. 
And I was like, excuse me, that's not, and, and up to this point, all through my childhood, random people would come up to me or my family and say, she's a medium, like really random. Um, and then my sister would kind of roll her eyes and I would roll my eyes and I'd be like, gosh, like, why is everyone trying to get me to join their cult? Um, <laughs> and so like, what is it with these mediums, you know? And, and then I would look around and be like, well, nobody else is getting this. So that's kind of strange. Like never told my sister, they just told me. So it was something I had known and just had been just avoiding, avoiding, avoiding. So when she said this, I thought, I don't want to hear it. I still want to be a doctor. I just really wasn't wanting to hear it. But then within the next three months in my leave of absence, I got a concussion by running into a tree, like a branch. <laughs> I was then in a near fatal car accident uh, where the car flipped and then I was bucked off a horse. Um, and this was within like, like in order, like boom, boom, within boom. three weeks. Yeah. Girl, that, if that isn't like a, yeah. what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and while being very sick and I was, I was trying to like run away from my problems in Montana and it was like, okay, I guess I'm having to go back home. Yeah. So I went back home and then in my ridiculous, I have to be successful and have to do things and be academically like, I was like, I'll do volunteer work. And so I worked in a hospice and I sat with dying people and couldn't really do anything else because now not only was I super sick but I also had major concussions so I was just like sitting there <laughs> I probably should have just been at home but you know overachieving me was like nope I'll do volunteer work so uh, <laughs> so I just sat next to these dying people who were who were so special um and meditated and sat and it was kind of me saying like okay I give up like I I can't keep going I'm so tired I I just, I give up and it was a 180 because I started reading every book about psychic mediumship work. Within half a year I was doing readings um, and it really started from there. And I was, I was, I did go back to school. I finished, um, did all the things, but then because I'd already been doing readings on the side under a fake name, I had a little bit of a wait list. And that first year I thought, well, I'm still really tired. My body's still bouncing back. Maybe I just take a year off and I just do readings. And I thought, worst case scenario, my car's paid off. I can sleep in it. Um, and we'll just, we'll see where it goes. And uh, yeah, 13 years later, like, here I am still doing here it. Here you are. It's crazy yeah. too, because there were so many, and I don't think that like, you know, every person who has gifts um, that are either intuitive, spiritual, mediumship, whatever, I don't think they all necessarily go through that exact um experience no for sure degree. not but i definitely Probably listen faster than i did <laughs> right and that's what i was thinking like maybe that's a gemini thing because i also went through um a whole like i used to see dead people um as a child in my house i would see ghosts and spirits and we would hear things and like literally i like ran through a person once when i was like six i remember that i was like freaking out I didn't know what to do with it. And then, yeah, you kind of shut it down. And then yeah. in those moments, or you say like, like there was somebody in the hallway and everyone's like, no, there mm -hmm. isn't shut up. Like we live in such a logic-based world that people want to say no. And then we don't trust ourselves. And then we don't allow that to expand and we don't know yeah. what to do with it. We don't have access to resources or other people. At this point, there wasn't even like the internet when I was a kid. So it's like, yeah, there was, there was nothing. So I do like you, I shut that down. 
And I always used to have all of these people coming up to me and being like, you're going to be like a, like a leader or you're going to be like, like a lot of people used to be like, you're going to be a star. And I was like, uh, like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, I have no idea mm-hmm. what, where this is going. And like, I would always get that sort of, I got that like four or five times in like yeah. psychic readings and stuff like that from other people. And this was back when I was just like kind of playing around with the idea of yeah. like, Oh, you know, psychics are cool. Like whatever. <laughs> yeah. And then I never listened. And eventually it turned into, yeah. Like, I was drinking, doing drugs. I was like spiraling. My body was falling apart. There, were, And I went and talked to somebody who basically said the same thing. They were like, you are so living outside of your purpose right now that like, mm. if you don't stop what you're doing and figure this out, you're literally going to die. And I've had multiple yeah. people, even in more recent years say like, thank God you switched mm. into moving on the path you're supposed to be on because like, like they would have taken you out. Like you would have died because you were just a waste of energy because you weren't doing what you were meant to be doing. So it's like, I don't think that, you know, everybody's always going to have these strangers being like, oh, you're going to do this and this and this. But if you look for it and if you really listen to what people are saying, like you're going to hear those directions being pointed out where it's like, oh, you're really good at that. Or you really have a gift. It's not always so loud for everybody, but it yeah. is there. And I think, again, yeah. if we can get into the And body. it could just be like an internal feeling of I'm feeling like I'm not in the right place or I'm pushing really hard on this dream I think I should be having and it's not working. Right. That could be it too. Totally. You know, or like, like one of the things, for example, is because I got so sick, I was like, all right, well, I'll switch schools. I'll go back closer to home and I'll just, I'll do it there. They lost my transcripts. I went to the board of committees. The board of committees was like, I'm really sorry. It's never happened before, but they voted to not even look at your stuff because we couldn't find your transcripts. It's never happened before. I'm like, what? so like, I couldn't even transfer, like nothing was working. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it was just like this crazy looking back. I'm pushing so hard to be a doctor and it's just not working. And it's, and you're like pushing so hard at that time to just be having fun and this other vert like and it's just not working you know and and I think you have to pay attention to where at some point can you find flow where at some point can you find ease um and I I see it with you the minute you started doing this it's not overnight but I'm sure there was a part of you that's like I actually really like this and like now it's rolling and and I had the same like I started doing readings I remember sitting in lecture and I had a friend that I would practice readings on and I'm doing like readings over gmail with her over Gchat, which was a thing back then. And I'm supposed to be paying attention to this like biology lecture in front of me, do you know? And like, I was like, okay, my priorities are shifting. (laughs) And I think allowing ourselves to have that shift of priorities and to give ourselves the allowance of like opening that like dam, so to speak, and letting the water start pouring through is, is going to be sort of, the first domino that allows you to be like, oh my God, this is working. And like, I remember being an interpreter. I worked as a professional sign language interpreter in Toronto for like over a decade. I was bartending. I was like doing events. Like I was trying to do all these things while making music and creating Mm -hmm. my art and figuring myself out. And then I'm like, oh, these tarot cards are really interesting me. And like, now I'm constantly going to my own workshop. Like I was taking other people's workshops at the time. I was doing mentors and connecting with energy workers. And then I was like, okay, I'm just going to start doing like two readings a week and see what it had got. Mm -hmm. And then those two 
readings were enough of a response. And I was doing readings for like $10 for like the hour. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, 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 for sure. I think my right? first ones were like $15. And then it was just like the responses and um, yeah, just the feeling you get after you feel so like, oh my God, this is right. Like this feels good. Mm-hmm. So it was taking those first few steps. And then just, yeah, gradually adding more people and then word of mouth and the universe starts bringing you these people as you open yourself up. And then it probably took me like a full year and a little bit to like really transition into doing tarot and energy work and workshops while I was still working part-time. So I was kind of doing both part-time and then I went to travel and the pandemic happened and I took everything online. And then it just like literally in six months, like exploded. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you can really go from like, you know, zero yeah. to 50 and then 50 to 120 very quickly. It's just like showing the universe and your guides and the people around you that like, this is, you know, the new direction you're moving in and this is what you're open to. Yeah. And, and yeah, I feel like, are there, are there people or like, specific cases or like things that you really like working on and are there things Mm. that you don't like working on I want to yeah get a couple more questions in because I know we both have to go in the next like 15 minutes so yeah yeah, yeah. what about like what's your preferred yes and no cases well I think in the last two years it's become very interesting for me that I love teaching so that's become much more of a focus. I wrote the book from that perspective. It's to help other people. And I, I teach, I do a lot of that work now. I love working as a medium, but I'm seeing it more as my vessel to help other people understand. It's almost like the mediumship aspect of it was me figuring out how it works and why it works and what ways that I could explain it and help other people do this too. Um, so that's really where like my current joy is found in the in like the highest level. Um, aside from that, I really like working on homicide cases as well. So I think that's going to be where I focus on maybe like the last quarter of my life um, to just do pro bono work in that regard. But or who knows, you know, how it'll come by. But I, I would love, love to do that for a number of years in my life at one point. But right now I would say um, classes, teaching. Cool. I love that. I've actually taken um, one of your courses. You do like a beginner's course and like a more advanced course. I took the advanced course and um, yeah, it was great because it allowed me to open back up into like, oh, I remember when I was a kid and I used to Mm -hmm. see ghosts and all that stuff. And then you give us um, a lot of great techniques for like, you know, really stepping into sort of like the dead person's perspective and seeing what they're living through and what's around them and like the blending yeah. and like different techniques that are really cool. Um, and and the and the beginner one, it's been really interesting. So I we've done a few over this last year. I've done a few and I sent out all these surveys um, because the beginning one is very different. It's not really focused on the mediumship. It's really like how do I get my spirit foundationally there so I can take it any which way? If I want to be more intuitive about life, if I want to be more psychic, if I want to be more mediumistic, it's like, we got to start with the spirit of you first. So I thought I was teaching a psychic intuition class, which I am, but all the responses that we got, like hundred plus responses of people taking this course, the thing that kept coming back is this course made me regain confidence and trust in myself. Oh, I love that. Which is so like, important oh. because that's even like what you were saying before is like, yeah, for some people, for sure, you're going to have the external world slapping you in the face and being like, you're supposed to be a medium or you're yeah. going to be this, so go do it. And it's like, 
for a lot of people, it's just going to be that internal, this doesn't feel right. I should be doing something else, but then we don't trust that. And yeah, yeah, I yeah. think that that's- and, and it doesn't have to be in this like spiritual, this one woman was giving a video testimonial and she it was just like, it was the minute where I thought, yeah, this is why I teach. And she, she was crying and she was saying she's in a divorce proceeding and the divorce proceeding happened while she was in the class and she was like for the first time I felt confident enough to speak up and trust my own voice and know what's right for me and my children and not feel bullied by like the external you know it gives me chills thinking about it she's like I know intuitively this is right I know I need to step I wasn't able to find my voice and I think that's what it comes down to is like you know we again it goes back to the beginning discussion we had where what do you do for the first thing it's not sitting in meditation and getting as etheric and astral, like astral projecting out there. It's no, like get back to the self, like know what your own spirit is telling you first, like right here, right now, what's the communication happening internally, get rid of all the bullshit that you've absorbed, get rid of all the limiting beliefs, get rid of all like the, I don't trust myself. That's what the course has really become about. So it's, it's really evolved, but it was this aha moment where I thought, huh, is that what I'm teaching? <laughs> Do you know? <laughs> like, I had no idea. Yeah. No, and I yeah. love that. And it's funny because the example that I was going to give earlier is like so close to your example. This came through like two weeks ago when Daniela, we get a bunch of emails, um, you know, just saying thanks for this or thanks for that. And one of them was like, honestly, the biggest thing I've learned from working with you know, like doing Chris's workshops over the last six months yeah. is just to trust myself and to be confident mm. in, in what I'm feeling and what I'm saying. And I like also just went through a divorce and I would have never left this person, but like, you know, you guys gave me the confidence to do that. And like so oh, many wow. doors have opened up for me and so many, and it's like, that's what I think is important to also realize about like both floor and myself is like, yeah, we're cool, whatever. But like, we're not here to tell you what to do. We're here to tell you how to listen to what you think you should be doing and to trust that compass because you could take all the workshops, you could listen to all the tarot readings, you could talk to Fleur 10 fucking times. Like if you're doing what we're telling you to do and not doing what you know you should be doing, then you're not Mm going to get anything from it. Like you need to trust yourself. So- I love that. I love it. And it's, and I think, you know, going back to, we all have this internal compass. We all have this inner intuition, this knowing, but often as children, when the world is trying to even protect you, right? If you're like, something's not right with grandpa's health or financially, it feels like we're not good. The adults in your life, even well-meaning might say, no, no, all is good. And very early on, you get conflicting information that your internal compass doesn't match the external world. You start to dismiss it. You don't listen. It can be on a big scale of like, no, you're not seeing that. Or it can just be on a small scale of like, we're trying to protect you, but it's about returning to this internal compass and finding it and trusting it. And then knowing that your whole life is opened up for you. You have so much power. Yeah. And you really do. And the power that opens begins to channel so much energy. And then you can focus that into following just that internal compass of being like, oh, I want to be an artist or I want to be a medium or I want to be a teacher or whatever it is. And I think that we also get so wrapped up based off of just society being like, 
well, where is that going to, where am I going to end up with that? How much money am I going to make? Am I going to be financially secure? Like, these are all questions that my mom would ask me as like a loving mother, God bless her soul. She's also a Virgo. So she loves a process. And like, mm-hmm. when I was moving to Europe, she was like, well, what about your couch? And I'm like, what the fuck do you mean about my couch? Like, I'm, I'm t- yeah. Like I was like, the couch is gone. I'm like, I'm selling the couch. And it's like, she's like, but you're not going to have anything left. You're not going to have anything to yeah. stay. I'm like, I know. But you got to just trust that. And then, yeah, if I said I was going to be a tarot card reader, people were probably like, what the fuck are you talking about? But now we're like creating this mm-hmm. huge company and we're like opening healing spaces and hiring all these people. And it's like, I would have never seen that coming when I'm like, I want to read tarot cards for a living. You know what I mean? But yeah. like, you need to do yeah. just the next couple steps and then the next few doors open. Yeah. So like, don't get so oh my in gosh. Your fucking head. I got to tell you the funniest story about this. Uh, and I know we got to go soon. But my mom was also worried about me, I think, when we were when I was first deciding to be a reader. And I must have been like 21 and I'm getting on a plane back to LA. And she's like, you know, I just don't know if you can be financially safe with this or da-da-da. Um, she's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask for a sign. I was like, okay, fine. Uh, so I land at LAX and I look at my email, and it's this email from this woman who wants a reading, and she's um, quite well known, and she was living in Madonna's old house at the time. And so like the next day I go to old Madonna's old house, you know, and I'm just like having this moment where I like asked you to the bathroom and I'm sitting in the bathroom being like Madonna sat on this toilet. Wow. <laughs> you know, I was like, I think I'm going to be fine. <laughs> Cause my mom was like, that's the sign. <laughs> like, oh my God, you know, like she that. was just asking like, can, is there going to be financial abundance in this? Like, is there, is this yeah. possible? But isn't that funny? Yeah. I love that. You're like, mom, I just pooped where Madonna pooped. Yeah. It's like, oh my God. <laughs> I think I'm going to be good. <laughs> That is so funny. And again, like, I feel like every story you share, I have a exact same story, like similar questions. And like literally Madonna's old apartment when she lived in Lisbon is down the street from my apartment. No way. Yeah, I'll show you it. It's like a really cool quirky building, but um, right in Santosh sort of like by like waterfront vibe. Anyways, really cute. Um, It's probably nicer than our apartments. Yeah, probably. No, she's, <laughs> she's really talented. Okay, we'll get there though. We're just, you know, we're in that like first phase of Madonnahood. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I think also, um, yeah, just to bring it back to like the trusting yourself and like your parents aren't going to understand, your friends aren't going to understand. Like I had to leave a lot of, you know, I'm using air quotes, friends behind, groups behind, communities behind. And a lot of people thought I was fucking crazy. And a lot of people were like, this guy's never going to fucking make it. Like, he doesn't know what he's doing. He's also like, who does tarot mm-hmm. card readings on Instagram? Like, I literally had people commenting on my first couple readings just being like, LOL. I'm like, whatever, dude. Now, like, yeah. LOL at you, bitch. You know what I mean? So it's just like, who fucking really cares what other people yeah. think or say or do? But bringing it back to trusting yourself and to sort of tie in some of Fleur's offerings. Like her book is amazing for learning about that. I believe you also have like a journal sort of meditation thing to help yep. track some of your process, which is really exactly. cool. These are great. 10 minutes incom- to intuition. Sorry, say it again. 10 minutes to intuition journal. Yeah, the 10 minutes to intuition journal. Check that out. I'm going to put her website and um, I believe your Instagram is medium Fleur, right? It is, yes, F-L-E-U-R. And... Uh, because you guys are all listening to Chris and you are followers of Chris, uh, we are teaming up and Chris is offering a discount code on my next mentorship course in March. Mm. So if you use all caps, Chris, you get $100 off. 
Yeah, and that can that be used for either beginner or intermediate? Um, yeah, I'm not offering any intermediate at the moment, so it's all just beginner. But I've had people who've been reading for 30, 40 years take the beginner course because it's all about that self-trust. And I can't tell you, I mean, I had the biggest aha moment three years ago where I was like, I'm a great psychic medium for other people and I am shit <laughs> at doing this for myself. Me too. <laughs> like, so when I say beginner, it's really just like basic. How connected are you to you? <laughs> and so many of us are not. So yeah, it's, I don't know if beginner is the right word. I think I might get rid of that one. Yeah, no, it's just kind yeah, of like word. a back to basics. It's like, or like a foundational, like learn better foundations, like call it fix the cracks or something, because like, yeah. I feel like yeah. I'm more inclined to take that one as well, because the first or the second one, sorry, the first one I took, which was the second level, was really yep. cool. And um, we partnered up with some like people who knew I was practicing to read and like, you know, yeah. the messages that were coming through. I was really like, oh my gosh, like I'm actually doing this. It was really cool. Um, but the more I heard you sort of chatting about, you know, just the techniques and stuff like that at the beginning of this podcast, I was like, yeah, like I'm good with the ethereal. I'm good with the like feeling mm -hmm. everything. And I'm pretty good with deciphering it when I'm talking to other people. But as soon as it's like, what is mine? How do I shut it off? How do I find my own, you know, body and foundation and, and navigate from that space? Like I'm a shit show. Like I'm, yeah. I'm all over the place and it's, yeah, I think I might actually, I might use my own well, discount I, code. <laughs> well, come on over. I think I just had a come to Jesus moment about three and a half years ago where, and I've actually, leave it to you, Chris, for me to be like, this is the first time I've talked about this on a podcast. But yeah. I was just in a relationship that wasn't working. And it took me forever to make the decision that everyone saw I needed to make. And it was a come to Jesus moment for me because I thought I'm a great psychic medium and I somehow have lost all connection to my own intuition. Yeah. And I put myself through a lot of practices and that's really what the courses come out to be. It's how do you pull your energy back from other people? How do you get rid of limiting beliefs? How do you create this space of like, how do you ground? How do you embody? How do you get that compass back? And like, how do you know what's different from, from that your intuition is different from fear, from imagination, from wishful thinking, from anxiety. Like, how do you know the difference, you know? Um, how do you shift your energy from the moment you've got this intuitive question to when you wanna get the answer? Because if you're stuck in the question, you can't get to the answer. So like all these kind of elementary things that hilariously, I was working as a psychic medium for 10 years before I could figure that part out. No, and I get that. And I feel like listening to you say that, I'm like, that is literally me. Like I struggle with being like, is this my fear? Is this the fear of somebody around me? Is this collective fear that I'm picking up on, but I'm interpreting it as my own fear because those are the things that scare me. So for me to identify collective fear, I need yeah. to be shown my own fears. It, and it like, that comes down, like I have crazy fucking thoughts running through my head. And I only really, there's a few people in my life that when I'm with them, and one of them is like a lover that um, we were sort of talking about earlier. Like when I'm with that person, I am so present and mm -hmm. so in my body and in that physical experience that I'm not in my head. I'm not feeling all these things, but I swear to God, as soon as like 
he flies back home and I come back home and I'm in my own space. As soon as I walk into my house, I'm just like, there's so much energy. There's other people's guides. There's other people's, uh, yeah. you know, everyone who wants the tarot card readings projecting onto me, trying to pull from me. Like I'm picking up all of this shit and I'm sitting here just being like, why is it in my own home? I feel more activated than being, you know, mm-hmm. here or there. So yeah, these are all good things that I think if I have those basics, I really think I'm going to take your basic core or not the basics, Come but the level over. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think it's great. And, and it offers a community. So one of the things that we really emphasize now is once a week, there's a sharing circle. Cool. Where people get to just like, say like, this is what I'm struggling with right now. And it's amazing to hear just like we're talking right now where you you're like, oh, I'm not alone. (laughs) You know, that's happening to you. So there's, there's so many aspects of this course. I'm so proud of, and I really think it offers this. And, and when you're speaking on, on that, I think, um, I think a lot of people are going to be able to relate and it is that moment when you're on your own where you have to take note and go all right maybe there's some internal work to be done and then just getting the tools to keep doing it because even now every time I teach the course I do the things myself I run through it again it's like it's not a hey let's fix you course it's a let's give you the tools so that you can keep going with this course because I keep doing them right yeah, no, I love that. And I think, again, that comes down to just those affirmations, those intentions being like, when I get activated, I'm going to reach into my box and pull out something that I know helps me, or I'm going to take a yeah. five minute walk, or I'm going to connect with 30 breaths or whatever. So cool. Yeah. Okay. Well, this is so amazing. My little Gemini this twin sister. I am so in love with you and we're going to do some IG lives together. Um, I plan on releasing this around March. So Coors, I was going to say, Fleur's course is, um, she's thinking the end of March, it might, might be pushed to like early, early April, but kind of in those last, you know, week or two of March. Um, The course for the discount code, which is $100 off is Chris, C-H-R-I-S, all capitals. I'm going to put the sign up link below. Um, I'll put her Instagram below. If she's got a website, I'll throw all of her stuff. She also has a podcast. So I'll try to put a podcast oh, link yeah. below as well. She does um, like live readings on the podcast. So yeah, that would be, I would love a reading from you. I know you don't read friends, but like, I'm going to get it out of her one day. I'm going to figure out how to do it. <laughs> I'll give her an offer. She cannot resist. <laughs> you know, I've had people, I do live shows um, and I have, I've had people like just show up to the shows and then they're friends of mine and then they get picked to have a reading and I'm like oh and like I can tell like uh, it happened to my friend Brandon once and he's like I could tell you didn't want to do it but there's 250 (laughs) people looking at us so here we are (laughs) I love that well if anybody is in Lisbon um I'm opening a shop and a healing space Mm -hmm. and I was thinking that me and Fleur could like once a month do like a wine and spirits night where we do like some wine and you do like a live show to like, you know, right. maybe 30 or 40 people and we just see what I happens. Like that. That'd so, be really fun. Yeah. So keep these things in yeah. mind. Um, if you guys are interested, you can find her below. Um, if you're watching the accessible version on YouTube, um, everything will be below as well. All the links, discount codes, I guess that's it. So we'll say. Thank you so much for having me. I love you. Yeah, it was great. Love I love you too. We'll chat soon. Yes. Bye. Bye guys. Oh no, is this going to leave the meeting? Okay, wait, let me pause the recording. (laughs) I was like, I was about to leave and then I was like,